element as we've been looking at this um, series about elements. And um, this morning, we're going to be looking at fellowship. Now, I know what you're already thinking. There's fellowship sitting right back there on some tables. And uh, yeah, there is, a, there is a certain side to that of fellowship, and we're going to enjoy some time together um, as we spend that time. But uh, I think that there is much more to fellowship than just food. Um, even though we, we enjoy it, we, we like to, to have it, and it's a good time to um, spend time with people through that. But God's Word has a lot to say about fellowship, and you'll see this morning as we'll, we'll go through a few verses here. And I think, just me personally, as I was studying this, that um, God has really changed my mind on what fellowship really is. And I think it's just been so ingrained in our minds of what we think fellowship is and what we kind of miss out, what really fellowship is, uh, what it is according to God's Word. And, you know, it's kind of been my prayer through this series that um, as we learn more about God, that um, in proportion with that, that we would come to love him more. And that's really what the word of God should be doing in your life. The more that you spend time in God's word, uh, the more your love for God should continually increase. So, you know, a person that says that they love God, but they do not love God's word... There's something wrong there. Um, it, it, God's word and the love of God should go hand in hand. Okay, um, Paul's prayer to the church at Ephesus was, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. And this morning, I think as we look into God's word, as we discover what fellowship is, I hope that... By learning what fellowship is, it would increase our love for him and that it would increase our fellowship uh, that we have with him. So this morning, I want to share with you what fellowship is and uh, how it works within the church. But let's have a word of prayer and then we'll jump into our message here this morning. Lord, thank you for this time that we got to spend together already, um, just singing praises and shouting praises of joy of what you've already done in our heart. And God, you are truly a magnificent God because you are at work in everybody's lives. I, I really believe that. I believe that you are always working in the backgrounds, that you're bringing people to Christ. And just as your word says, that um, wherever the Spirit blows, um, you send it out. And God, you are in control of all of that. Help us as believers in Christ to be uh, faithful witnesses for you and help us to... Um, be people that uh, love your word and that we would uh, share that with others. I pray, Father, that um, if there's anybody here today that does not know Christ, that, Lord, you would draw them unto yourself, that uh, Christ would be exalted, that he'd be lifted up, and um, that they would, in turn, turn to Christ. They'd repent and they'd turn to Christ. Thank you so much for your goodness and your love towards us, and we ask all this in your name. Amen. So let's go ahead and look at uh, fellowship here. And I think in order for us to understand what fellowship is, we're going to have to define it. Um, and God's word really kind of 
gives us an idea of what fellowship is. Now, just bear with me here just for a moment because I'm going to give you a few things about that word fellowship. And then we're going to look at a couple Bible passages and how that relates uh, to us within the church. So what is fellowship? What is fellowship? So when I say the words Christian fellowship, what comes to your mind? Maybe this congregation, right? Maybe Christian fellowship. So you might be thinking KFC or, um, you know, Essen House or whatever. I don't know. But Christian fellowship, okay, um, is very important in God's word. In fact, it's primarily taught only in the New Testament. There's only two instances found in the Old Testament about the word about fellowship. But it has nothing to do with our fellowship with one another, our fellowship with God. It's primarily speaking about how God has fe- doesn't have fellowship with unrighteousness. So it's speaking about God. But primarily in the New Testament, this is where this idea of fellowship is really um, grown and, and lived out in the early church. So when we talk about fellowship, there are churches that have fellowship halls, they have fellowship meetings, they have fellowship meals. I mean, we're going to have a fellowship meal right after. But is that, is, is that what fellowship really is? Is fellowship only um, limited to the fact that we sit down and we have a meal together? What truly is fellowship and what does God's word have to say what fellowship is? And so as I looked at the God's word here, and I looked at that word fellowship, there's four primary words that are found in God's word that are used for fellowship in the New Testament. And each one of those words carries a different meaning, but I have found that they all have the same root meaning to it. And so that's what we're going to kind of really funnel down on, is what does that word fellowship mean? So I'm going to give you a few meanings of this word, and uh, hopefully it'll help us understand uh, what fellowship is. So here's some of the verses here. Now, we're not going to look at all these verses, but if you want to write them down, you're more than welcome. And I encourage you to take some time, look at these verses, and see how fellowship is supposed to react within the church. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, 1 Corinthians 1, 9, uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 20. 2 Corinthians 6.14, and also uh, chapter 8, verse number 4. Galatians chapter 2.9, Ephesians 3.9, Philippians 1.5, Philippians 2.1, Philippians 3.10, Philippians 5.11, and 1 John chapter 1, verse number 3, verse number 6, and verse number 7. These are all the verses that have to deal with fellowship within uh, the church. Um, And so, like I said, we're not going to look at all these verses. Um, We're just going to pick a couple of them here and uh, try to get an idea of what fellowship is. So when you look at the word fellowship, I'm going to give you a few definitions of what fellowship is. Here's the first one of what fellowship is. It means having something in common. When you look at these verses, you see that fellowship means to have something in common. For example, how many of you work at an RV factory somewhere doing something, okay? Um, how many of you work at a factory in general? How many of you don't work? Okay. <laughs> Just <laughs> how many of you worked at an RV factory, did something? Okay, all right, good. So when you think about having something in common... Um, If you were to work at an RV factory, let's just say making windows, making switches, I don't know, making something for an RV. Even though you may have a different job in that RV factory, making switches, making windows, 
you all still share something in common with everybody that works there. What is that? You're making switches, you're making windows. You have something in common. And so when you look at uh, the word fellowship in the Bible, it is it gives the idea that you have something in common. There's a unity with somebody else or with a group of people. Here's the second thing that fellowship means. It means that relationships are dependent upon one another. Now, with these uh, verses that are uh, listed up here, in some of these verses, you always find that the word carries an idea that our relationships are dependent upon one another. Very interesting because not one person can survive completely, totally alone. Have you ever seen those movies like, uh, you know, um, The Last Man on Earth or, you know, stuff like that? There was an old uh, Twilight Zone uh, episode. I, I still find it really funny. This guy is always wanting to read. And his wife is always getting on to him because he's reading and he's reading at work and he gets in trouble. Well, he goes down to a bank vault for lunch and there's like a big atomic explosion. Everybody dies. He comes out of there not knowing what happened. Everybody's gone. He goes, at last, I have time to read. Nobody's here. And then what ends up happening is he trips and falls, breaks his glasses. So he can't read anymore, you know. So... All of our relationships are dependent upon one another. And you will find, when you look at this word fellowship in God's word, that God has created relationships within fellowship in order for us to depend upon each other. So all of us need each other. That's why we have fellowship, because of our relationships together. Here's a third one, and I really like this one. This is a good one. Fellowship is post-Pentecost relationship. Now, this is interesting because in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, this is the very first mention of the word fellowship. It says that they were uh, together, they were continuing in the apostles' doctrine, they were continuing in prayer and fellowship and breaking of bread. And I think sometimes when we think of the word fellowship, we immediately think breaking of bread. But fellowship is something that happened after Pentecost. You never find the word fellowship mentioned before the book of Acts. You never find it in the Gospels. It's the idea that this is something that happened after the Holy Spirit came to indwell in the lives of every believer. And you think about that. What did Jesus say? He said, if I do not go, who cannot come? The Holy Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit came, and the Holy Spirit came to indwell the life of every believer that has trusted Christ, and for now has ever trusted Christ, there is a fellowship that happens within that realm of all of us. So fellowship was a result of that relationship with the Holy Spirit. Here's a fourth thing that we find about fellowship. It is an outer unity and an inner unity. Now, there's several other words when we talk about fellowship that are translated differently, but they still have the same meaning as fellowship. Okay? So when you look at these same words, for example, uh, 1 Corinthians 1.9, it says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship, the unity of his son, Jesus Christ. When you came to know Christ as your Savior, you were called into unity 
with Christ. You are now one with Christ. And that's what you have as salvation. There's a unity, an inward unity that you have with Christ. But what about Colossians 4.11? Listen to what this says. It says, These are the only men of the circumcision among my fellow workers. That word fellow workers is the same word as fellowship in outward unity. Fellow workers in outward unity for the kingdom of God, and they have been a comfort of me. So fellowship carries the idea of both an inward unity with Christ and an outward unity with those who know Christ. So we have fellowship with each other. Here's the fifth one. This one is really good too. It is doing together. It is in action. Okay? This is good because the word fellowship is also translated as contribution. It also is translated as sharing. It also is translated as participation. And when you use and you see that word fellowship, or these other words such as contribution, such as sharing, and uh, participation in the Bible, it always is associated with action. We're going to look at that here in the book of Acts here just really quickly. But it is doing, it is alive, it is together. It is doing it together. That's what fellowship is. So when we have fellowship, we're doing it together. There is a unity together, both inward and outward. So see, it's not just being together. It is doing together. You know what we're doing right now? We are fellowshipping. Because we're doing it together. All of us here have come here for the certain purpose that we hear the word of God. That we, would, that we would spend a time of worship, that we would reflect that worship in our adoration and our praise. We're doing it together. This is fellowship. This is what we're doing. That's why I am so grieved. I am so grieved when people say, you know what? I don't really need to come to church. Whoa, time out. So when are you going to fellowship? When are you going to do it together? You're missing out. So this is what fellowship is. It is doing together. It is in action. Here's the sixth thing about fellowship. It is a unique relationship with Christ. When you look at fellowship in the Bible, you never find it as being associated with our relationship with Christ. Rather, we have a relationship of being in Christ... And we also have a relationship of being a part of Christ. Being part of his body is what uh, 1 Corinthians 12 teaches us. But fellowship is not being in or being part, but it is doing with. Being with. Having that unity together. So it is our partnership then with Christ. In fulfilling God's will. Listen to what Philippians 1.5 says. It says, because of your partnership, your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. So God is trying to teach us something here about fellowship. That our fellowship is partnering together with Christ to actually do his will. To complete his mission on the earth. 
Remember what that mission is? He gave it to us in all of the gospel accounts and also in the book of Acts. Five times Jesus tells us about going into all the world and preaching the gospel. That is Christ's mission. And so when we are fellowshipping, we are partnering with God and saying, God, I'm going to partner with you to complete this task, to complete this mission. Here's the last thing about fellowship that I find. It is doing God's will together. You know, today lots of things can be described as fellowship. Lots of things. But fellowship according to God's word, especially when you examine this word, can only be described as doing God's will together. Now, obviously, our fellowship with one another also depends upon our relationship with Christ. In other words, if this relationship between me and God is not right, then the relationships that I have with other people will not be right. Because how can I say that I love God if I don't love people? And how can I say I love people if I don't love God? So obviously, yes, our fellowship depends upon that relationship with Christ. But when we look at fellowship, it is doing the will of God together. So fellowship involves actively doing God's will. As what Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. We do that together. It's all of us combining together to complete God's mission on the earth. So what is fellowship? Well, here's a definition for you. Okay? This is a pretty good definition. Fellowship, then, is a relationship of believers that have an inner unity, meaning that all of us who know Christ, there's an inner unity with Christ that expresses itself in outer participation with Christ and one another in accomplishing God's will on earth. That's what fellowship is. Fellowship is not stuffing our face with chicken and pizza. I'm sorry. Fellowship is not, hey, brother, I'm going to come over to your house. We're going to have some fellowship. Okay? No. Fellowship is us saying, listen, I have a relationship with Christ. I know Christ. I have been unified with Christ. And I am partnering together with Christ and with other believers who know Christ to accomplish Christ's will and his mission on earth to preach the gospel to every creature. That's what fellowship is. So I'm going to give you now a few things of how fellowship is supposed to work within the church. And I love this stuff because this is, this is amazing, especially in the book of Acts. Because you're just going to see all of these things that we looked at all jam-packed into the book of Acts. Let's look at these, first of all. The importance of fellowship. Acts chapter 2, verse 44 through 47. Now remember, here's the, here's the picture. This is the day of Pentecost. Remember, uh, Jesus is now resurrected, and he told him, he said, wait in Jerusalem. He says, I'm going to send my spirit. The spirit's going to come upon you. You're going to be witnesses unto me into Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. So they're there waiting, they're there praying, the Holy Spirit comes, it fills them, and they go out and they are preaching, 
and Peter here, he's kind of the main guy that's preaching there. And he stands up and he's preaching and he preaches about Christ and he's talking about Christ. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. There's signs and wonders that are being done. People come to know Christ, as we find in Acts chapter 2, 42. That says that, the, that they continued in the apostles' doctrine. It says the Lord adds unto the church. Now look what happens here in Acts chapter 2, verse 44 through 47. And all who believed were together. There's the unity. And all had things in common. Unity. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So here are these believers, they're engaged in teaching about Christ, they're, they're, they're fellowshipping together, there's unity among each other, and they're doing it together, all of them together. Now, this is what's interesting about this, that this fellowship that they had was spontaneous. In other words, it's not like they were like, you know, going out and doing things, and then someone said, Hey, I just noticed, we're not having fellowship. Put it on the calendar, we need to have fellowship. No, this was something that was spontaneous because they all realized that they had unity with, one, with each other, they had unity in Christ, and by, by all of that, they said, you know what? We are going to accomplish God's will together. And so they had that fellowship Together, And what were they doing? They were selling their possessions and belongings. They were distributing the proceeds to all as, as any had need. And day by day, they were attending the temple together. They were attending basically church every single day, day by day. Now, we only have service. We meet together one day, right, on Sunday. But they were doing it every single day because they had fellowship with each other. It says they they were breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts. They were praising God together. They enjoyed it together. There was a unity together. They had favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So there was a desire to work together, to accomplish God's will together. And as they continued in this fellowship, the Bible says that the Lord added to their number. Because they decided to join together, they decided to accomplish God's will and his task, and God added to the church. This is the result of fellowship. So when we decide that we are going to unify together, when we decide that we are going to have an an inward unity and an outward unity together, God does some amazing things. And he will do some amazing things. So I have to ask myself this question. Am I participating in fellowship? Have I decided that I'm going to join with other believers, with other Christians, into promoting the gospel? Am I going to participate in fellowship? Am I going to participate in having unity with my other brothers and sisters in Christ? That is the goal. 
is for us to have unity with one another so that we might accomplish the Lord's will. So there's some importance of fellowship there. Let's look at another thing here about fellowship. The purpose of fellowship. Look at Ephesians chapter 3, verses 8 through 11. Now here's Paul, he's writing and he says this, To me, though I am the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light to everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. Everybody, most of us know the story about Paul. Paul was a persecutor of the church. Paul didn't like the, like the church. He was, he was a man that went out and he found other Christians and he put them to death. But Paul had a conversion. He came to know Christ as a savior. Remember, he's on the road to Damascus. He gets knocked off his horse by the blinding light of God's glory. He falls to the ground. And he says, who art thou, Lord? He says, I'm Jesus whom you persecute. What do you want me to do? Change Paul's life forever. There was a change in Paul's life. And here is Paul. And now he is speaking to this church. He's been planning churches, establishing churches. And he writes to this church and he says, I'm here to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light. Now notice these words because these are very important. Don't miss out on them. What is the purpose of fellowship? To preach Christ, the plan of the mystery. And notice, through the Church, Paul says, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known. Why? Because it's according to the eternal purpose that God has set. So there is a purpose for fellowship, and that purpose is for the church. That purpose for fellowship is that we might make known to the world what? The manifold wisdom of God to every person. It is the purpose of fellowship that we might accomplish the eternal purpose that God has set in his plan to redeem the earth. So the church then is to be God's instrument in accomplishing his plan. Why do we have church? Why? What is the purpose of it? God's word here is says that the church is for the purpose of showing God's mystery, to, to, to show that manifold mystery of God. That is the purpose of the church. So if we are not accomplishing that purpose then what we're doing is a waste. So we have to think about this. Is Pleasant Ridge Christian Fellowship, are we right now, are we preaching Christ and making the manifold wisdom of God known to every person in our area? If we are not doing that, then we are wasting our time. 
I'm wasting your time. That's what we are supposed to be doing. That is the purpose of fellowship. So the purpose of the church is basically we are to hold God up to the world. And we are to say, look at our great and amazing and glorious God. If you're not doing that and if I'm not doing that, then I am not and you are not accomplishing the purpose of fellowship. And we are not accomplishing the eternal purpose that God has for the world. So we need to be holding God up. We need to be magnifying God in other people's lives. And so we accomplish this through our fellowship, having our outer and our inner unity together. We're doing it together. We are doing God's will together. When I was in middle school, um, middle school for us in uh, New Mexico started at sixth grade. And so middle school was sixth, seventh, eighth grade. And I remember when I was in fifth grade, um, the middle school that was just right down the street from the elementary school, they came over and they, they talked to all the fifth graders. Said, all right, you guys are going to be in middle school. and Oh, man, this is going to be so great. And, you know, you're going to be going over there. And one of the things that we offer is we offer extracurricular activities, electives. Oh, man, this is cool. You mean I get to do other things now? Yeah. And they give you a list of things that you could be involved in. One of the things that I really thought was neat was band. I was like, man, yeah, I could I'd be a part of band. Yeah, this would be awesome. So I signed up for band, beginner band, sixth grade. I worked hard and I uh, went to the music store and I bought a clarinet. And I paid every single week, I think it was uh, $10 I had to pay for that clarinet. I had a paper out at the time and I paid that clarinet off. I think I paid $125 for it. So I had that clarinet. I was in concert band, beginner concert band. And I got my music. And they put the music there and you start learning your notes. You start learning everything. And I began to notice something. When the instructor would say, okay, clarinets, I want you to play measure uh, two through measure six. Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, 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 beep, boop, boop. It doesn't sound like a song. Okay, trumpets, I want you to play measures uh, two through six. Burr, 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 burr. Okay, drums. We had, we had 17 kids on snare drum. Yikes. All right, I want you guys to play measures two through five. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. This sounds weird. But when all of us played together... When all of us had unity together, when all of us did our part together, it produced something wonderful. It produced a song. It produced something that, that we could all hear and, and know what we were playing. Us as a church, we as believers in Christ, we have unity. Our unity is that we accomplish God's will. And that is to reach the world. That is to reach people in our area, to reach out to people 
And we do that through fellowship. We have unity together. And when each of us does our part, we accomplish that. That's why people that that amputate themselves from the church and they say, I don't want any part of this. You're not doing your part. And the church then becomes kind of hard to do it because you decided to whack off the leg or whack off the arm. And God says, I want to use the whole body together. I want to use every single person, the whole part of it, to reach so I can accomplish my plan. As 1 Corinthians chapter 12 teaches us, it says that we are all part of the body of Christ. All of us have a part. All of us have a, have a skill, have a function. All of us have a spiritual gift that we can use within the church. I believe that. And I believe that spiritual gift does not go away when you retire. You still have it. And you can still be used within the church. I believe right now that God has given this church everything that we need right now to reach our community for Christ. It's sitting right here. All of us. And when we decide to unify together, when we decide that we are going to reach out into our community together in unity, we have fellowship and we accomplish God's will, God's plan. We're holding up God to the world. We're holding up God to our community. And we're saying, look at God. Look at what he's done. Look at this magnificent savior that can save you. And so we all have to function together. We all have to work Together in fellowship. So then that leads us to this. How do you fellowship then? Here at Pleasant Ridge Christian Fellowship, our purpose is to desire his presence and to make his presence known. So if we have unified on that If we have been brought together under that unity and we said, hey, us that know Christ as our Savior, Jesus has changed our life. He's come to live inside of us and we're new people in Jesus Christ. We have unified together and our purpose then is in this area, we are going to desire Christ's presence and we are going to make his presence known wherever we are. Have we done that? This week, have you desired Christ's presence in your life? Have I desired Christ's presence in my life? Have I spent time in God's word? Have I spent time in prayer desiring God to just supernaturally work in my life and to work in my heart? If not, what's, what am I doing? This week, if I, if I spent time in trying to reach people with Christ, have I been looking at people not just as pass, people that just pass by, but people that are in need of Christ, people that are in need of help? Just yesterday, we had the uh, funeral for, uh, for Mark. And I believe that there were some lost people there. I believe there were people there that did not know Christ. My prayer was that God would speak to those people that did not know Christ. 
Mark had, 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 a, had a, an amazing ability to speak to people and to touch people and, and to talk with people. He had a very likable personality. And he touched people wherever he was. And guess what? Those people came to the funeral. And they were there. We preached Christ. We exalted Christ. We need to stop looking at ourselves and we need to look out and to reach people. This is the goal. This is how we accomplish fellowship here. To desire his presence and to make his presence known. Have we together collectively as a church been praying that? Are we desiring God's presence here? Are we desiring to make his presence known? Are we saying, dear God, please use me this week to reach somebody? If not, we're not really accomplishing fellowship. We're not really doing what the, what the early first century church did. And that is fellowship. That is continuing in the apostles' doctrine and having fellowship one with another. So I pray that this week, I pray that this, this month, this year, your, your whole entire life, that we would look at fellowship in a whole different way. And then we'd say, we need to start fellowshipping with one another. Fellowshipping together. Fellowshipping with Christ. Fellowshipping so we might reach people with Christ. That is the goal. That is the purpose. Let's pray together.